0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast and the episodes that have come out before this, including an episode I did recently all about Pokemon, as well as episodes about Kekai Sensen, and hold on, but my thing that tells me what I've done just crashed, um, Kekai Sensen, and, um, what I've been wa- and what I've been watching this winter. So, definitely go check that out. But, um, these... And we'll get to what I'm talking about, um, in a couple... In a couple seconds here. But, yeah. So, let's jump right into it. And what we're talking about this week is a little film that I... You may have heard of. But you almost certainly, if you're listening to this, probably haven't seen. And that's a film called... Ramayana.
1: What a kingdom! What a a 物語のつま。ストップ。
0: now before we get into the movie proper um and what it's about and all that fun jazz i want to give you a little bit of detail of how to how i came to understand this movie existed and how i came to actually get in a screening of it So, for a little while now, I followed this Instagram account called... Um, I want to make sure I get the name right. Katsuka. Called Katsuka. And I'll include a um, link to that Instagram account um, on in the, in the description of this episode. So, you can go check it out. And what Katsuka is, essentially, is it's an animation news posting account. M- meaning that they post... All kinds of information about all kinds of animation from all over the world. Um, now, just because of popularity's sake, that includes a lot of things about anime or anime-adjacent things. But you also you see things about high-end anim- CGI animated movies out of China on that account. You also see things like... It, you see all kinds of stuff through following Kostika. It's a really good follow. I really enjoy it. It actually more effectively does what I wanted, like the anime news Instagram accounts to kind of be for me. Like I still follow those two accounts, but they basically parried each other and Kostika is like, no, but have you heard about this? No, we know that's happening, but have you heard about this weird art project of a music video? And they highlighted um, Ramayana on their Instagram because it recently had a 4K remaster. And actually, if you go on, um, if you go on my anime list and you look up Ramayana, it it'll give you Ramayana. The full name is Ramayana: colon, The Legend of Prince Ram, of Prince Rama. And you play the trailer. The trailer is one of those things they clipped for Acostica and used because it's a 4K remaster. And at this point, you're probably like, what is this thing that it sounds like you can barely pronounce correctly? I'm like, and that is that is true. I do not have a great time pronouncing this thing. Um, it is a Japanese-Indian co-production film that produced... With its English language track as its original sound... As its original backing soundtrack. And that... That sounds wild, right? Like, this... This is a... Very big budget... For the time it was produced. Um... Which was... It was originally... It was originally... Originally aired in 1993. Um... And it, and it, and the studio that made it is its own, it made, it basically made itself. It's, um, the studio is Nippon Ramayana Film Co. And if you go, and I think if you click on it, it'll actually give you the cool logo that they have. Uh, no, no, they have no picture, but you can probably find their logo and their logo is the, this studio exists. and and or existed to create this film. And um, it was, the 4K remastered version was actually um, released to mark the 70th anniversary of Indo-Japanese diplomatic relations, meaning the 70th, they're in the 70th year of India and Japan like getting along on the world stage, so they released a 4K remaster of this mo- of this movie. Now, it, because of what it is, it will most likely never get licensed here. It just won't. Like this, no, there's not. There's enough interest for screening in the way I saw it, but there's not really a whole lot of interest. Like. If you're listening to this, you may come away being curious, but curiosity did not Blu-ray sales make, unfortunately. Um, I'm not even sure you can find it anywhere because it's very obscure. Um, but the way I got into a screening of this is I, at the beginning of the year, was just kind of bumping around the internet and I saw that there was, and I, I saw that there was a screening of, um... A, um, of of a old Japanese film, an old um, like an old samurai film that was happening in the city. And I was like, where is this happening? And they said it was happening at the Japan Society, which is a Japanese cultural celebration organization in New York City. And I thought, like, oh, cool. Let me just sign up for this thing. And as part of your membership, you get five dollar tickets to all movie screenings and discounted tickets in general to everything. Um, but the other thing that the Japan Society does in terms of its screening is it has a monthly anime screening, which means every month they have a different anime movie that they that they screen at in their screening room in their um, actual Gallery and building. And on the 20th was the screening for Ramayana. And I heard about, as I said before, I heard about that on Kasika. I was like, oh, that sounds really neat and obscure and odd, but I'll probably never get to see it. Like, it, 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 it even in reading, even in reading about it on Kasika and reading about it a little further you got the sense of, oh, this thing is lost to time. Like, this thing gets this 4K remastered for diplomatic purposes. But outside of Japan and India, does not have a shot now. And that's not untrue. But the thing that um, I'm really grateful for, the um, film director over at um, the Japan Society decided to do, was he decided to get the 4K release, get the 4K Get a presser of get a get the film canister of the movie, bring it over and screen it. You know, like one night only, you five bucks per ticket, fifteen bucks per ticket if you're not a member. Screening of this film, and in watching it, you real you really start to realize like, oh shit, this thing will never get licensed, and there's a couple reasons for that. First off, that is this is a i believe it's an adaptation of of a indian folk of an indian folktale um or or it's actually an adaptation of the indian epic ramayana of the same name um and the Reason why it was produced in English was because was because that was the original language that it was all that was the original dub language. There's no, I don't believe there's, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there is a Japanese track for this, but I'm pretty sure it was recorded. It was recorded first in English, so I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't either. And so you have this. So what you have here is you have this feature-length film that I believe, I forget how long it is. I think it's like it's, it's like two hours long. It's like two plus hours long. It's like two and a half hours long. And so you have a feature-length film, feature-length animated film that is a Jap- an Indo, what you would call an Indo-Japanese co-production with the first language that it's available in being English. And not being, like, the Queen's English either. Like, this is American-style English spoken by Indian voice actors. And it's, it's like, the kind of, it's not even the kind of English that would be, like, period, what you'd consider, quote-unquote, period English. It's, like, the English that you've heard since the 90s. Like, it's, it's not, oh, don't, don't threat. Somebody at some point says, oh, you don't need to do that. Like, no embellishment or floweriness. Just, like, we're getting the lines out into the microphone, baby. Oh yeah. Hot mic. But the... So this thing is made with a lot of care and it's, a really in, it's really interesting to watch. But the big piece of this as to why I don't think this would get a traditional North American license and release. It's because it's not... Not for an Indian audience, which is probably much more familiar with the original Indian epic, but for a American audience. For, like, a purely, like, dumb middle of the country, huh? no, I don't mean that. Like, I've, a typical uninitiated audience is what I'm going to say there. Um... This, this doesn't, this doesn't play. Like, I, I have some understanding of traditional Indian literature because I went to art school and they make you study that and writing in at least the art school I went to. And so, like, I could watch this and my brain was like, oh, this, this track just makes sense. I understand this. But unlike much of what anime does with a property that is foreign in some way or, incorpor- or if by incorporating foreign concepts, like multicultural concepts into its core thing, this doesn't do that. This is a Indian film for people who understand that. So you have no, you have no like, slightly American, slightly Japanese, alluding to Indianness at all. This is this is Indian as it gets. And so just I it doesn't surprise me that uh that no licensor who'd ever seen this is like there's no audience for this. Like we we wouldn't even be able to find the audience for this. The thing that we all forget about because of the way anime is licensed now, is that all of the anime that's licensed has the advantage of being rooted in like the anime, in like the anime medium as it exists now. It's all trends and like different demonstrations and, and expression of those trends. Even something, even the shows that are deeply different. In, say, this season, say, your High Card, your um, Mononoke, Vengeful Spirits, those two shows, those shows are rooted in, like, old-school styles of anime. like And even more recent things, High Card feels like a spy thriller mixed with... super crooks mixed with the great pretender like i the vengeful spirit show feels like an old school spirit fighting shoujo show and in lots of ways is but something like ramayana is It's its own thing, and it's, it's its own thing because it's coming from a different cultural direction than anywhere else. They have, like, a Bollywood moment in this thing. The whole thing is, once again, based off of an Indian epic, which means it flows kind of like an Indian epic. And that's just... The, it's hard. You would have to do such tremendous amount of setup before sitting somebody down to watch this for it to really hit home the other unfortunate part about this movie is while the animation is beautiful the dub <laughs> really undercuts it in some places and the, and they have impressive moments of hand, of genuine hand animation in this film but then they have these, like, in, uh, the one case I can think of is um, Prince Ram and his brother, um, Lakshman, are chasing after Prince, Ram's, Pr- Prince Rama's, like, kidnapped wife, Sita. And they are running through this forest and they hit this moment in the forest where the mountain like the ma- the like forest mountain they're on, the like part of the forest they're on turns into a little hill and tries to kill them. And the amount of goofiness in the dub in the English voice track there is so like unhinged. It's like, mmm, tasty human. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, that, that is a pretty good approximation of what that, like, what the mountain is saying as it's, like, trying to rip these two shreds, limb from limb to shreds, so it can eat them. It's just, it like, that, there are enough moments like that where it doesn't hit. There's moments like that, and there's moments where this is supposed to be a period piece. It's supposed to be an Indian epic. In one of the things that makes Shakespeare feel like Shakespeare, in many, in many ways, good and bad, is the way they speak in Shakespeare. It is that flowery, over-embellished prose of Shakespeare. And one of the ways that people oftentimes get people to tolerate Shakespeare, if they don't like that kind of thing, is they remove that entirely and they modernize all the lines. And that's a really easy way to pass off, like, a Shakespeare thing as something new, actually. This does that, but it doesn't... Like, it, like I said before, it's them, like, in it's probably... It's what feels like relatively new voice actors in front of a hot mic, freaking out and being like, I... Ugh. And that comes across, and it, like... It hit. It hits the audience with like a, are we sure that the line we're going with, bud, kind of vibe. And so, that remains to say, what is this thing about? And the thing is about um, this um, the main character Rom is the is the eldest son of the kingdom of Iodia, and. He's beloved by all the by all the people and the natural successor to the throne. And there's lots of like mild there's lots of mild references to um the to Buddha before he became the Buddha, in that Ram is also loved by nature, he's loved kind of by the, he's loved by the gods and when he's about to assume the throne, a mischievous being, is is the best I can say, sneaks into his kingdom and advises his mother that he and his wife, that Ram and his wife are going to be cast out, or or should be cast out for some reason. And so the king banishes Ram to the forest, and Rom's brother ultimately goes with him, and um, his wife Sita. And you come to find out the reason this happened was because a demon king, I believe it, I believe it's Raven, was, um, yes, Raven, this, this demon king from a from a like nefarious built on the back of fucking slavery of human slavery, demon, like, deep kingdom of demons and gods, and, like, false gods, basically, has taken a fancy to Rama, to Rama's wife. And so he had gotten Rama, Rama banished, and he is going to now abduct her wife and take her as his. And what ultimately happens is he is... Is Rama and and Lakshman try to protect her? They do this. They do something you've probably seen before, and it's a common thing to to see in a lot of media, actually. Which is they in their like lovely house that they have in the forest. They they put Sita in the house, and they're like, do not leave the house, and if you have to, do not go past the salt barrier. And they run this salt barrier all the way around the house. And sure enough, that keeps Raven out when Raven pretends to be a human and approaches her. But he eventually preys on the Indian understanding of charity. And if you don't know what the Indian understanding of charity, that scene will strike you as immensely weird. But basically, the Indian... The, not even the Indian, the Buddhist understanding of charity is that when a beggar approaches you f- asking for food or help or rest, you offer it to them and you, and you open your whole heart to them because in Buddhism, especially in East Indian Buddhism... helping those helping those those in need are the ones who will judge you ultimately so y- your favor depends on their opinion of you in a way and what so he poses as a he poses as a beggar and uses that as a way to get her out of the salt barrier and then kidnaps her and like Rama's Sita and Rama's, like, extended family of, like, a f- of fucking a bird, a giant condor f- bird, try and, like, save her, but they can't. Raven is decides he's going to take this bitch and she's going to be his until the end of time. And what ends up happening there is... He goes is Rama is Rama and Lox, and Lakshman end up going looking for Raven and they end up teaming up with this kingdom of monkeys who has been not big fans of Raven for a long time. and if this it, it sounds like I'm jumping around a lot. It's because most likely I am, because something that happens with a lot of, um, with a lot of adaptations of stuff like this is, is that these adaptations have stuff cut out of them to make it make sense a really successful version of this is um, actually Akira. And if you've seen Akira, you probably look at Akira and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, what part of the Akira manga is it? Because the Akira manga is like legendarily six giant volumes or something. I think it's six volumes. And the Akira manga did not adapt the it's not adapted entirely into the Akira anime. I think the Akira anime is like one specific part of the Akira manga. This adaptation of this Indian epic feels like it's a almost a greatest hits of what's in the actual story. I couldn't tell you. I haven't read it. But that leads it to be a little disconnected feeling and a little... A little odd in places. Like it, it, it definitely skips over stuff. That you're like, wait, what? No, there's definitely stuff in the middle that happened there. What the fuck? And there's also things like the fight in the forest with the forest monster was was probably like a whole thing, but they just like did it a little vignette and moved on. So, Ram, Ram and his Ram and his brother team up with this, with um, Hanuman and the monkey army, and Hanuman and the monkey army wage war against Raven and Raven's forces of like evil assholes, and ultimately win. Now the this is a this is probably going to be a shorter episode because of just the fact that it's a two out two and a half hour long movie, but that condensed story happens uh, happens in like probably I wouldn't want to say two and a half hours about there, and it's both. It felt long and short at the same time. It felt like it was taking too long to give you what it was giving you. But also, it clearly didn't have enough time to give you the full story and context. Like, they, the moment where they talk about, um... Slavery. Where they talk about, like, human slavery in this in this universe. And you're like, oh, that's a thing? They should really explain that more. What the fuck's going on there? The... In a way, I just picked it up because this reminded me of it. In a way, it feels a lot like the storytelling style of um, of of Shuna's Journey, which I've covered, which is a manga by Hayao Miyazaki um, that I've covered on this show before. You can go find that in the feed in whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. But it doing that kind of storytelling without giving you enough to latch on to sometimes and they have like uh, they have these like these like interventions with of gods and like the god of the ocean shows up at some point and it all it all leads up to be a really interesting like from an academic standpoint, movie, but it doesn't. It didn't strike me as terribly entertaining. Like it struck me as like, oh, this is interesting that they made this. That this, that this happened somehow. Not, I would watch. This is my this is my new favorite. Or I would watch this multiple times. I will say if like if it was released, I might buy it only because of the historical just like prevalence of just like look at this weird thing isn't it cool but i've like it's one of those things that like i would buy and it would go on our shelf because it's it's an interesting thing and i would want to have like it at my disposal be like hey check out this weird fucking thing that happened not in the same way that i'm doing right now on the podcast like i'm not i know full well you will probably not be able to see this movie and i really try not to do that on the show. I try to talk about stuff that's available. And if I don't, and if it's not available, I will usually say you can go find this on the internet or the thing that I'm talking about. Is it popular enough where there are still copies of it out there in the wild? And oftentimes stuff that I've talked about has been licensed rescued in short order after I've talked about it. And I'm not taking credit for that. It's just how it went. So like, for example, not too long after I talked about Paranoid Agent, that finally got licensed rescued and was announced for release. Not long after I talked about Paradise Kiss, same thing. This I'm pretty, this movie, I'm pretty sure is gonna stay unreleased in America for a good long while, if forever. Just because of like I said that I can't imagine a anime licensing company looking at this and saying oh there there is a market for that like we can sell this many blu-rays and we don't need to do, and we don't need to do this work because it already has a dub that while infamous, we can just throw it on discs and throw it out into the into the market, and it will get bought." I will say there is a caveat to that, however. I think that a service like, like the Criterion Collection or a service that's more about the preservation of classics would possibly be interested in this thing. I can't say for sure. I don't super know what their metric for that kind of stuff is, but it would make a lot of sense to me because it has this air of classicness about it because of the time period it was made, because of how it was made, because of its subject matter, the whole thing. So, if it was going to be licensed, that's where I would, how I would bet that would happen. But, like I keep saying, that is very unlikely. Um, And, unfortunately, because it is such a because it is such a beat off the beaten path thing, I don't think there is a, I don't think there's a version of this floating around. Like, I don't, I don't think you can go torrent the shit out of this thing. I think that it's one of those, I don't want to say lost media because a, got a very specific connotation. I think it's an ignored piece of media. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm saying that in this case, it, it's ignored because there was never any market for it. So one of the things, because there was never get really going to be a market for it here. One of the things that is true about most torrents you find is most torrents of anime, it, now and in the before times, in the dark times, were for shows that people were seeking out constantly like people that people like that there was always a market for because people wanted wanted to see it and not only did people want to see it but that that guided fan subgroups to know hey we're gonna keep doing fan fan releases of naruto because people want to see naruto we're going to do fan releases of, I don't know Rio Rainbow Gate, because there's a market there. like people want to see it. And if you were paying attention back in the fan sub days, fan subgroups stopped doing things when they stopped being popular enough for them to bother, for them to, for like hundreds of, for like a couple thousand people to download. They'd stop doing series midway or at the end of that season of that series, even if that series continued on. In that way, the way the anime licensing game has changed, has evolved, is much more beneficial because they're licensing whole shows at once and giving them to us all at once. Or they'll license one season and then another company, like Disney, in the case of Tokyo Revengers, will license the next season. And yes, that's two different streaming channels, but you still have the whole thing available to watch somehow legally. In the case of stuff like, certainly, Ramayana or Paranoia Agent for a time or Ava for a time. If you weren't willing to shell out for the insanely overpriced because of rarity in the market, um Blu-rays or or, or DVDs, not even Blu-rays, DVD releases from the nineties early aughts, then you weren't seeing those shows unless you stole it. And this uh, this most recently happened with um and I, I haven't checked. Recently, I don't even know if it's licensed by anybody, but interspecies reviewers—it's probably a great version of this. And I've talked about that show on this podcast. You can go find it. I actually talked about it with a friend of mine, um, with uh, Slate D Biggs, um from the anime from the MCS anime podcast and Anime MCS over on YouTube. You can go check them out. But um, the the interesting about that the interesting thing about that show and the thing that a bunch of old taku like me ended up doing with that show is it wasn't that it wasn't just that Funimation got duped and bought porn it was because Funimation Funimation, Funimation because Funimation didn't realize that they had bought porn they pulled that broadcast They terminated the contract... Three episodes... Like... Two, three episodes in. And... As a result... No one knew what the fuck was going to happen... With the physical release... Because typically... For etchy shows... There's always a physical release... Because that's where you get to see the titties. And... In this case they terminated the contract so th- normally in that scenario Funimation would have released the blu-ray of either species reviewers but they didn't ultimately i think it was released by um right st- by Nozomi i think Nozomi actually did the um physical release of that i have it but because it was embroiled in controversy it was licensed for that release, and as far as I know, has not been relicensed. So I have a DVD, I have a box set, a steel case box set for that thing that I bought for like 100 bucks. that's worth anywhere from three to eight times its price. And that happens quite often, but you have to have that initial release for that to happen at all. Because much like the Fossil X Pokemon Gengar watch, which I also have, which I've which I've shown off on in my um, Instagram account, um, you can go follow the podcast on Instagram um, at lunchbox at lunchboxradio underscore podcast. But the product needs to re- like a product needs to release first for it to be rare. Um, Belladonna of Sadness is the last kind of art house movie in this vein that I can think of, I'm sure there's other ones, but uh, art house anime movie that I can think of that got a big release after being largely unreleased in, in the States. And from what I understand from the licensor that did very well for them. But it's also, it's a weird ass movie in the same in the same ways kind of that ramayana is a weird ass thing. Um so on that note if you like this podcast new episodes of it come out every Thursday and every other Sunday. Thursday episodes are more like this, they are more about a specific show or movie or property. Sunday episodes are more introspective. If you want a great version of what a Sunday episode sounds like, I encourage you to go give a listen to um, the Sunday edition um, the most recent Sunday edition which is called The Problem with Adult Animation and that particular one is all about the difference between what <clears throat> anime does with adult themes and what western adult animations are so go check that out and until Next Thursday, I have been Alex, this has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on Thursday.